It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's as always an absolute pleasure to have you there listening to us. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce master plan, author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. We're now halfway through our three experts view shows. In each of these, I'm bringing you the opinions of some of the top people in e-commerce, plus my thoughts as well, to help you out on planning a perfect 2016. Last week, we did the first of these three shows, um, and that was all about the most interesting things we saw in 2015. Today, we're going to be looking at the marketing method more people should be using in 2016, and there's some awesome little tips coming up for you today. Next week, we'll be looking at the key to e-commerce success in 2016, and that'll be episode number 33. The transcripts of all three of these shows are available as the shows go live. So if you signed up last week, you'll get this week's transcript automatically. If you haven't yet signed up, just go to the show notes page, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 32. That's the number three followed by the number two to sign up. And you'll get both last week's and this week's transcripts. Plus, we'll send you the last one as it goes live. So you'll have all the great content from these shows in black and white to scribble over, read, digest as you see fit. Right then, let's get on with today's Experts View show. I asked a number of experts what they believe is the marketing method more people should be using in 2016. We're going to start where we ended the last show with Alex O'Byrne, co-founder of We Make Websites, who are officially the UK's highest rated Shopify web designers. Alex's marketing method answer continues a theme we discussed last week too. There are many channels to choose from when you're thinking about how you market your business. That can be social media, email campaigns, blogging, PR, there's a whole variety of channels. But the key question to ask yourself is, who is your audience? Where are they hanging out, i.e. which channels can you reach them on? And what should you be giving to them? What content should you be delivering to them? I am a massive fan of inbound marketing or permission marketing. The way I would describe that is that the 20th, the 20th century could be described as a century of sort of intrusion or inter- interruption marketing where everyone's trying to get in your way through mass media, through TV, billboards, radio. They're trying to stop you what you're doing and, and put a message in front of you. And the problem with that is it's irritating for a start for the consumer. Uh, it's hard to measure. Um, it's hard to manage. It's hard to deliver a message to a focus group because by definition it's a mass media. And I think the advent of technologies in the 21st century along with some social changes have created this concept of inbound marketing where instead what you do as a brand is you produce really interesting content. So Red Bull would be a a star example of this, that people want to go and watch and want to go out of their way uh, when they're sat at home watching TV with their family or whatever it is, they go on their device and they go look at this stuff instead. That's basically the type of world we live in. And if you can produce good content, then you can attract an audience. And when you produce good content, you begin to be liked more by the by the target audience you build the trust you build a a kind of rapport i suppose because you're producing content that is uh, a part of the way they live now in e-commerce traditionally a lot of content has been like buy our thing now 
or special offer now. But there's stuff you can do, especially if you're a brand that likes to differentiate itself on lifestyle or if you're a luxury brand. So we see a lot of people doing effective blog posts or videos on things like uh, what to wear next season or how to wear denim in the office or uh, how to look good you know, in whatever situation. Um, travel suggestions can work well. Things like gigs or, or new restaurants or things like that that are synonymous with your audience. Um, presents this time of year, especially. So thinking about Christmas, Valentine's Day, all these other key kind of uh, holiday dates that are sort of associated with commerce as well, where you could say, okay, top 10 gifts for the person that has everything. Now, obviously, in that list, you might include some of your own stuff, but the the content itself has a utility and and someone will read that out of their own volition rather than you trying to kind of force them to read it. Um, how-to articles work well. So let's say you're a bike brand doing how-to articles about bike maintenance or, or things like that. Uh, and another big way of doing content is influencer marketing. So that might be trying to get influencers, so bloggers or people influential in your community online to talk about you so maybe you'll interview them for your blog or maybe you'll try and produce a story that is interesting enough for them to want to cover so let's say you do um like uh homeware kind of like furniture you could go out to uh prolific interiors bloggers and ask them if they will do a guest post on your website about how to you know what's the most uh uh, on-trend kitchen style this year. And that's the type of content that when you send it out, people love to read, to share. And then with that, they they get to learn about your brand. And then if you are in a position to then sell something from there, then that's brilliant. What a fantastic point of view from Alex, which really does, I'm sure you'll agree, tie together a lot of what we've been talking about over the last few months, not just in these um, expert view interviews. So also banging the drum for listening to your customers is Ernest Cabert, our second expert today. Ernest used to run his own e-commerce business called Finisterre, but in 2015 came over to the supplier side, launching his business, Who Buys Your Stuff? Here's his two recommendations on what to do with your marketing once you understand who buys your stuff. The, the first one is from a, from a CRM point of view, which is, is, is obviously just... Be, Making sure that if you are an online business and you have found out who the customers are driving your your business, you are you are engaging with them and speaking to them uh, relevantly, so that you could, in let's say six months' time, look back at your your CRM strategy and say it's doing everything it should be, from people who've just signed up that who've never bought, all the way to people who've who are highly engaged and bought six or seven times. That that the 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 way in which you are communicating with them. Or is relevant, um, and, and I, you know, you can look at so many different businesses, and you can ask them, "What's your CRM like?" And it's like a blanket email that goes out once a month. That's that's the first one, and and then the other one is is just applying. If you do have a clear profile, you are an online business, and you're trying to drive sales. Um, uh, uh, just just applying that profile to Google Display and Facebook advertising. The two methods would be like just just make sure that you're you're communicating to the customer base that you you've now if you've done the customer research, you've found out who they are. Make sure that you're communicating to them relevantly via CRM, so you can look back at it as a marketer and just be like, "Yeah, it's tight, it's robust, it's doing what it should, it should." Um, and and then the second is just plugging in good, solid profiles into Google Display and Facebook advertising. 
So we still have a couple more experts to go who are going to dive into specific marketing tactics for you. But before we hear from them, I thought I'd share my brief thoughts as they're focused on tactics too. I have three pieces I'm going to recommend. Um, so please do pick carefully between them. First up, we've got Facebook ads. And I think this is one of those methods which um, it's a bit like a rabbit hole. Once you get started with it, you can lose yourself completely in it. But it's such an easy way for you to play around with understanding who your customer is. You get a lot of feedback. There's a lot of demographic and interest information. So you can test your hypotheses about who you believe your customer is. They're very, it's a very intuitive setup, whereas Google AdWords interface seems to be set up to help you accidentally spend money. Facebook's the opposite. They're there to help you set up those ads and understand what you're doing. So I think, you know, set aside a couple of hours, have a play around with Facebook ads and see how they can work for your business. It may well surprise you. It's also, if you want traction on your Facebook page, these days you have to be boosting those posts. So you really do, do need to start getting to grips with that if Facebook is a good marketplace for you. My next one, number two, is remarketing, which comes in many shapes and sizes, as we now all know. Uh, we've got CRM remarketing, we have pixel-based remarketing, we've kind of got cold remarketing as well. There's all kinds of different types. So you really need to not just go I want to do remarketing. First up, you need to be looking at what stage of the funnel is this person at? Are they an inquirer to my website? Are they someone who I'm trying to introduce my brand to for the first time? Are they someone who I'm looking to get from first time buyer to repeat buyer? Are they someone who's bad in a basket? What is that funnel stage? And then find the right remarketing solution for that. And that's the way you're going to get the best out of remarketing. And then third up, we have email signups. This is something I'm going to be talking a lot about this quarter. So expect some training coming up on this sometime soon. Um, email signups is something which we can't afford anymore to just have a little link at the bottom of our site that says sign up for email. We've got to work a bit harder. We can use pop-ups, we can use interstitials, exits, entry pages. We can test incentivizing them. We can test just simply putting something straightforward out there and saying sign up for great information. You need to be looking at this this year. Otherwise, your marketing spend is being wasted because people are coming because people are so much less likely to come to your website and spend money than they are to come to your website and give you their email address. So email signups, another big opportunity for 2016. So Chris Dawson is up next. He's our third expert today. Chris is the co-founder and editor of TameBay. Prior to that, he was a full-time eBay seller for over eight years, making his living by trading on the platform. Unsurprisingly, he's recommending the marketplaces as an underutilised marketing tool. But don't expect the usual, use eBay to boost your sales. Chris is rather giving us a snapshot into some really clever ways in which we can increase our sales on those tools. There are Lots of good nuggets in this one. It's also worth a listen, even if you're not on eBay or Amazon, and you'll see why as we let Chris explain. You know what the answer is going to be for that for me, Chloe. It's going to be marketplaces. It's going to be it for the UK, eBay and Amazon. And it's astonishing how many the biggest brands and, and retailers in the country are now selling on marketplaces. People like Halfords and Littlewoods and Argos and Tesco's, and if they're on marketplaces, it kind of tells you something that make your products available to where your customers are. But having said that, I think one of the most underutilized tools available for people selling on marketplaces are the marketplaces tools themselves. For instance, just taking one tool from eBay, which is their email marketing lists, which you get with an eBay shop. 
hardly anyone I know uses those effectively. And the first thing you should do is rename the email lists to something which will make your customers want to sign up for them. Don't have Chris Dawson's email marketing list. That just says Chris Dawson's going to send you spam. Have a Christmas list, an Easter list, a sales and discounts list, a clearance list. Let people sign up for lists. But if you've got a, Chris, a Christmas special offers list, I kind of might want to sign up for that because I may want to buy to buy products from you at Christmas and know that at Christmas you'll remind me what products you've got in stock. So having a marketing list or a sales list is an awful name. So the first thing to do with eBay, eBay when you get an eBay shop is to make some list names that people might actually want to sign up for that are inviting sounding lists and then encourage them to sign up to those lists. Remind them on um, invoices, emails, have them have a box on your eBay shop which says sign up to that marketing list. And the thing is, once you've actually paying to sell on eBay and you've got an eBay shop, why wouldn't you make the most of all of the other tools that eBay offer you? And other tools include things like Markdown Manager so that you can hold a sale on eBay or eBay different product merchandising tools on eBay so that you can have special offers like buy two get one free. And then the, the, the final important marketing thing um, that you should be doing on a marketplace like eBay is joining the whole lot together. So to give you an idea, Chloe, let's say you've got a Christmas gift set. It doesn't matter what it is that you're selling, but it's, it's, it's your premium gift Christmas gift set. You've bundled some products together and you've got it in your eBay shop. You put it at the top of your eBay shop and promoting it. What I would be doing is using eBay best offer to have a discount on it and that will allow buyers to make an offer on that product for me but what I would then do is I would then send out an email through my eBay shop marketing I built my list for to say here's a really good deal on this superb gift set for Christmas presents as you signed up to our special offers email marketing list, we will automatically accept an offer of £10, £5, whatever discount you want to say, below the asking price. So then you've got an offer which you'll accept best offers on, and you set an auto accept. Say it's a £30 product, and you say you'll auto accept any offer over £20. You send out email marketing saying, because you signed up to my mailing list, I've got a special offer for you of £20. If you submit a best offer of £20 for this weekend only, I will accept it. And suddenly you're now driving some urgency towards buying that product. And the people that have signed up for email marketing that you said you'd give special offers to, you're giving them a special offer. And you know what? If some random consumer went onto eBay and made a best offer, of course, it would automatically be accepted at, that, at that, that discount. But you're now using the whole of eBay's marketing rather than just using it as a, a listing and gather my sales tool. Once you build up a customer base on eBay, you're then starting to market to that customer base rather than just passively listing products. What totally quality tips, some of which you can use on your own website too, of course. So saving the best for last today, maybe, maybe. Here's Andrew Wilson reminding us all of the power of online marketing. Andrew is a consultant with an impressive background in the mail order sector. And he also runs his own e-commerce business, Allergy Best Buys, which he references as a case study here. In fact, we did a whole podcast interview with Andrew back in 2015, and you'll find a link to that in the show notes.
So here's Andrew with why we should be looking at offline marketing. If you're trying to, to build an online business, it is actually pretty tough. Your rates of, uh, of growth can be quite small unless you've got something sort of sitting behind you. Uh, people have got shed loads of money to spend to, to basically buy territory, um, it, it, almost the Amazon model. And to be honest, I think greater use could be made of offline content, um, which is odd for e-commerce. But uh, if you look at it, it, actually getting somebody to your site is, is quite difficult. It's very competitive and, it's quite, and it is indeed slow to get enough people to your site to know it for, for you for to grow. And offline stuff actually does offer a faster method of growth. I mean, we've had an experience this year of a company, as you, you know, where we've actually stripped out all the offline stuff and just got all the online stuff working. And now we know when we put the on offline stuff back, we're going to probably double the size of the company. And it's quite a fast route. It's an expensive route, but it is quite, it's a faster route to growth. And the other thing is most online marketing is uh, dependent on somebody waking up that morning and deciding they want your product. It is entirely passive marketing. You're in the business of setting traps for people in, in the hope that they, when they do think they want something, they'll find you. And offline stuff prompts people to go to your site and have a look. It's intrusive because it's physical. And some research by Royal Mail, and you would say, yeah, they would say that, uh, indicates that physically, physical messages, you know, things stuck on paper, is actually viewed as more valuable than, than digital content. Also, if you mail people with stuff, it does actually make them feel more valued and more important. If you put together offline content, you can show the full breadth of your offer. Because on websites, people can tunnel in, buy a thing, go out, and not know that you sell 95% of your range. Whereas if you stick some offline content out to them, they can actually see everything you sell. Think, oh, these people are pretty good. You mentioned that you said you said that online is an expensive route, but fast. I just want to clarify: mm. in terms of expensive, you're not meaning return on investment wise. You're meaning money you need up front. It it is expensive from the point of view that it is a cash flow issue that you have to put a bunch of money up front. The biggest part of any mailing, and it almost doesn't matter what you send, is the stamp, and also Royal Mail want paying quite quickly. They normally within seven days, some times up front. So you're sitting on all that money that you've expended and waiting for the money to come back. That said, offline contact content does bring more money. And if you do it right, will bring you more money than you, po than you sent out. It also has the advantage of introducing yourself to people who have not thought of dealing with you, with, uh, dealing with you before. So it is a very powerful tool and kind of got slightly underrated in the digital age. There you have it, our expert's view on the marketing methods more people should be using in 2016. Now remember, don't try to do all of these in the next couple of weeks. Have a think about which one will make the best impact in your business and do that one first. To help you do that, you can get a download of the transcript of this podcast. So everything we've said in black and white, just go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 32. 
The transcripts of all three of these shows, these special experts view shows, will be available as the shows go live. So if you signed up last week, you'll get this transcript automatically. If you haven't yet signed up, then just go to the show notes page, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 32 to sign up and you'll get both last week's and this week's transcript. Plus, of course, we'll send you the last one as it goes live next week. They're all at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 32. That was the second of our three Experts View shows. I hope you enjoyed it and I'd love your feedback on what you think of these Experts View shows because I think it's something we'll do a lot more of in 2016 but I really want to know what you think about it before I commit to doing more of them because I want to bring you the content you want to be hearing in 2016. Make sure you come back next week to catch the third and final of our Experts Views which is the key to e-commerce success in 2016. You're not going to want to miss that one. And for now, keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.